Cross the Streams Podcast, 40 Series, Part 3. Kip Ione here with you, going solo again for my 40 Series. If you didn't hear earlier this week, uh, Kane and I were together celebrating my 40th birthday in Vegas with one of my other good friends and, and one of my assistant coaches, Kevin McRae, uh, in Vegas. So Kane and I jumped on the pod for about an hour in Vegas. Uh, you can catch that on our SoundCloud page, on iTunes, you know, through the podcast app on your iPhone. Uh, just a lot of Vegas ramblings, what it's like experiencing Vegas at age 40 now compared to when you were 20 or when you were 30. Uh, talking about the Summer League, we went to the NBA Summer League as a group, and uh, Kane and I rant and rave a little bit about the cool parts of Summer League and our takeaways from some of it. And also just some traveling do's and don'ts we'd like to share since all of us took three different flights uh, down to Vegas. And finally, we dive into you know the casino scene in Vegas and uh, some of our takeaways from grinding it out at Blackjack at Treasure Island. So that's up now. Across all of our social media platforms, uh, you can catch us on Instagram. Instagram stories a direct uh, at CTS Podcast a direct click on the story. You can you can hear it. Uh, that's our most recent episode. So that took over the usual Sunday time slot of when I've been doing these 40 series, but I wanted to get back to it this week. And this one was a lot of fun, but also one of the ones that probably I could have wrote wrote and taped 10 different versions of this. This is 40 series. I called it Time Machine Songs. Listed in order on the Medium at Kip Ion on my Medium account, as you know, if you've been listening to 40 series, I write up lists uh, of things, different categories. We've done video games, we did uh, important athletic contests, and I write a list for number 40 all the way back through number one. Uh, put it up there, the written version, and then I use our podcast here, Dishing on the Drive segment 40 series, uh, to explain it, kind of tell the stories about some of the different numbers on here. Um, and in this case, the songs, these are not my list of the 40 best songs of all time it's not even my list of the 40 my 40 favorite songs of all time like most of these songs yeah I definitely enjoy them but there's more that these songs have kind of been they're the when I hear them and this hopefully is the part that relates to you because as I've said before in uh, 40 series I'm not doing this series and talking about myself like Kip's this celebrity or this idol that you guys should all aspire to be that's not it at all I'm trying to help you generate either some memories in your own head uh, making some lists of your own life starting conversations with your significant other friends family of these different lists that can get some things started because I think we all uh, we can do that in these different categories we probably have different opinions but similar categories where we can go back through our lives and it was a perfect timing with my you know turning four decades here almost a month ago exactly uh, but this one is time machine songs because whenever I hear these songs I'm instantly transported back to either the first time I remember hearing the song or the repeated times or things this song playing brings into my head. You know, it's almost like triggered deja vu. Uh, and I explained that a little bit more in my medium writing. But here in the stories, uh, let's jump into these songs. And so, for example, number 39 and number 40 on here. I've got it listed in age. Uh, I've got the songs listed, once again, not in order of, oh, number 33 is a better song than number 37. 
it's a progression of elementary school age for me um, and the timelines for that you know those age groups when I was in there uh, 79 through 89 is anything listed on this 40 series list is a song that I think I most likely was first exposed to between that decade of time 79 to 89 I call it elementary school age then any songs listed on here is junior high age. I think it's about 90 to 92 when I had Coke bottle glasses, a really weird look on hair. I was still wearing Laker sweats and going to Castle Rock Junior High. It's an awkward time. It's definitely an awkward time, but I got songs here to help me talk about it. Uh, anything on here listed high school age when I was roaming the halls of Skyview High School in Billings, Montana. I've got that listed as 93 to 97. I think that's the right time frame. It's not, all these aren't exactly, but those are the moments of the time that these songs take me back to. So 98 to 01 is college when I was at Willamette University as an undergrad playing basketball, going to school. 01 to 07 I've got listed on here as pre-kids and married. So my wife Kelly and I, you've heard on the podcast before, uh, we were married in 03. Uh, so anywhere in there where it was like, hey, we're living together, we're engaged, we're married, we still don't have any of our fantastic trio of kids. It was just us. That's where the pre-kids and married age come in with those songs. And finally, there's some songs at the end of the list listed in parenting age. Uh, that's 07 to now. Anything in that time frame uh, is when the songs listed probably takes me back in my brain. Um, so hopefully that sets the stage for you for this latest 40 series. Uh, as always, this is the audio companion to the written piece over on Medium. So hopefully you can either read the list, argue, and get mad about it, and then come listen to my explanation or vice versa, however you've been doing it. Had great response to the 40 series on my last one where we talked about uh, 40 series video games. It was really fun sending some of those clips and time segments to my roommates, my brother, my my family, my friends from high school and college, because it, you know it brought up a lot of fun memories that we got to share about uh, on the text message, which is really why we're doing it. So, um, without further ado, let's start the list. Number thirty-nine is "Beat It," Michael Jackson. Number forty is "Dancing on the Ceiling," Lionel Richie. Um, and the reason they're on there for me is I remember begging my dad, who had downstairs, and he guarded it like a freaking like Fort Knox. His record player that had all his big, you know, the old version of records that spun and had anything on it. He guarded that thing, and we had to ask permission to listen to anything on there. But this is when I I know he had "Beat It" on there. He played Lionel Richie on there, so I remember that moment in time. I'm remembering Kane and I either saying, Dad, can we go use it? And him saying, F no, but I'll put on the song for you. Or finally, eventually, I think he trusted us. But it also had a little cassette, cassette uh, tape deck cassette player. So I think either, it was, I think it was Beat It we might have had on the tape. Uh, but for sure, we had the, the spin versions of both of those. Uh, number 38 through number 32 on here. Uh, you've got Rock Steady by The Whispers, My Girl, The Temptations, A Friend by The Winans, Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston, um, 40 Hour Week for a Living Alabama, Caught Up in the Rapture by Anita Baker. Um, those songs, that seems like a weird, like, kid, you got Alabama on there with Anita Baker, The Winans and The Temps. Like, what are you doing? That is all my road trip memory songs. So if you guys don't know the Iones, it was at least twice where we went Billings, diagonally southwest to LA and we did it in different versions one time it was in the my mom's Chevy Citation um, and another time it was either in the brown big old Chevy van that could house you know you could take a small basketball team in that thing but it was just the four of us my mom uh, my dad Kane and I 
but that was we were we would drive that thing sometimes we stopped in pocatello idaho to pick up my uncle and, the, and my cousins uh other times i don't remember we just shot through but i remember this was like the rotation not just these songs but those albums so like if anita baker caught up in the rapture um giving you the best that i got was probably playing too uh that alabama was probably the alabama greatest hits because i remember mountain music was on there tennessee river was on there whitney's whole album was on there. that's when whitney was bald when she first came out she was either bald or had a really short haircut um the wine ends album for sure the temps was probably a conglomeration of my parents playing the greatest hits of motown and they had five different di uh, cassettes of that the Whispers was the weird one because I'd never heard of The Whispers, but that song, Rocksteady, was the one I liked. But this is an age where Kane and I either didn't have any say uh, in what the music was going to be or we didn't have anything we liked. Like, we didn't have a passion. We weren't passionate enough yet about music, so we were just going to listen to what our parents were rocking. So that whole 38 to 33 is them making us listen to music. And in, and in retrospect, I love those songs. I hear them. I have like a knowledge, a working knowledge of the Alabama discography as well as the temps. You know, it's, it's, it's weird, but it's a nice little balancing of my culture. Uh, but those were on replay. I will also say my mom had some horrendous... Gosh, it might have been Elvis that we were just not trying to listen to 12 freaking hours of Elvis, but we had to. Um, and there was another one my dad had. I can't remember. I, I always felt like there was like this rivalry, even though I don't know if it existed because I wasn't alive, between the Temps um, and any other group from Motown You know, back in those days. And if my dad played somebody else, I was always mad. Like, why are you playing them and not just the Temptations? We're a Temptations family. Even though, I mean, it's it's the Four Tops or somebody like that, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. He could play them. That's fine. Uh, but I was furious about it silently because I wasn't about to tell him. I didn't have the power. Um, but on those road trips, one of the things I definitely remember is that's back before, like, seatbelt laws. Uh, so it wasn't like our parents were actively trying to murder us, but they were letting us, like, we just put the, the whole seat back down of a Chevy Citation and drive L.A. to Billings in, you know, a two, three-day span, and we're just laying in the back chilling. Uh, Mom and Dad probably packed the little coolers that you had to press the buttons in on the outsides, and sometimes you couldn't get the damn things to open because you couldn't press them all the way. But they had the Pepsis in there. They had the snacks. They had the sandwiches because we weren't stopping during the drive for any food. Um, but the van was even an upgrade from that. So the van had a, like a damn near, it felt like a queen size mattress. It was probably just a, a you know, a flattened out, maybe single uh, in the back on top of your two captain's chairs you had in the middle with mom and dad in the front. And it had a little um, like cupboard that you could put a, a, like a little fridge in. So the van was like a pimped out version of the Citation. But we rolled that thing hard. Like I remember rolling through Las Vegas for the first time. In Alabama just happened to be the timing we were playing that. And we were driving by Circus Circus um, and some of those older hotels that might still be there. But that was like the, our intro to Vegas with Alabama pumping in the background. So that that was takes me through a big chunk of the 40s here. Um, when you get to like the late 30s and early 20s for me in the numbering rank, you've got New Kids on the Block joins in. And this is the beginning of Kip always falling for uh, being addicted to boy bands and whatever they pump, pump out. So New Kids on the Block would lead into, you know, I had New Edition. Um, we had later on you get Backstreet Boys in sync, One Direction. Kip's always listening. I don't know why. Put the, put the nerd stamp on my face. But New Kids on the Block, you've got it, the right stuff. Everybody else was rocking, hanging tough. Uh, but I, this was my the black and white video where they're dancing in a studio for no reason. That was the one I liked. And I remember having to fight over that at one of my buddies' parties. It might have been Aaron Gallinger. 
um, and he had a party, and there was a certain amount of us. So we were like probably fifth to seventh grade, somewhere in there. So it was at that point where you probably couldn't get away with liking new kids on the block if it was going to be elementary school. But at that party, there was a clear division between like the four or five of us at his overnight pool parties at a pool in the backyard who liked new kids on the block and would rep them. And we had towels and shirts and posters. And the other group of friends that were like, you guys are freaking nerds. You got to cut this out. And there was like a vicious water fight between the new kid legion and the non-new kids. It was interesting. Um, one of those on there that you see is Guns N' Roses, Paradise City. And that is not because I had any desire to be a Guns N' Roses person. But it was like the one song of theirs that I could remember hearing a lot on Billings Radio. That when my friends, you know, Montana's a pretty white place. Let's, let's be honest. When my friends brought up music and they wanted to talk about r- hard rock you know, I could say, oh, yeah, Guns N' Roses. I heard Paradise City. Like, I could insert into the conversation for a brief second because not a lot of them were rocking Bobby Brown on our own, which is on here, by the way. Um, not a lot of them could speak about Anita Baker, Whitney Houston, or the Winans like we were listening to at our house. So I had to just throw in something. And if you people from Billings that are listening, the Metra never brought in the groups I was trying to see. One like the Temptations were making a lot of appearances. New Kids on the Block, damn sure, weren't coming. Bobby Brown wasn't coming to Billings, Montana. But Guns N' Roses, Poison, ACDC, Bon Jovi, those type of groups were. So anytime we drive by the Metro, because if you got to go from downtown Billings to the Heights in Billings, you know you got to go by the, by the Metro if you don't go over by the airport. We'd always look up at the big sign. And it would say concert coming, and it was never who we wanted. But Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose were probably making a, you know, they were probably making an appearance. Um, if you, you jump down in the 20s, the junior high age, okay, you go to 28, have you seen your MC Hammer? Like that was the beginning of, for me, like hearing rap. There's some more later on. Like I think I got the, the Diddy by Paperboy on here, which might have been one of my first rap songs. Or maybe even Tyler Keeter played Kane and I Too Short, or maybe even Easy E. He was a couple years older than us, and we might have heard that as the beginning of our rap. But MC Hammer's Can't Touch This album came out. And I always like to have you seen her song more than Can't Touch This or Pray or any of the other ones. But nobody else did. But I remember arguing that vehemently, that that was the best song. Um, probably because he mentioned Bill Cosby. And at the time, we were huge Bill Cosby fans. Um, you know, sidebar, that turned out terrible, knowing what we know now about Bill Cosby. 27 on here. Kane is probably somewhere dying listening to this. And Mike Boyle probably is too. Uh, Rico Suave by Gerardo. However the hell you say his name, the guy that did the dance and he was, you know, he would, this was his one hit wonder. We had a sleepover at our house and this song came on and we all loved it and Kane and Mike could dance. They had some rhythm. And I decided, nah, I know this song and I can do the move where he grabs his ankle, you know, with his knee and he's like doing high knee with his hand on his ankle. It's, I can't describe it. But as everybody knows, Kip has zero dancing ability. And this was like the first time I was actually told to my face by my own brother and my best friend, dude, stop it. Turn that song off. You're ruining it because how you're doing it is wrong. The dance you're trying is entirely embarrassing to us. Knock it off. Uh, so that 27, Rico Suave, absolutely makes me think of that. Um, as you go further down, 26, 24, and 22. That's End of the Road, Boys to the Men, Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you know, Will Smith, and Mr. Wendell by Arrested Development. Those were on, Y93 was the, the station in Billings that actually might play some kind of updated modern music back in the day. 
and they always had a top five at nine or top five at five. I don't remember. But that's when you we had like a boom box in our both our rooms. And you had to hit record during the Y93 playing it. And you could take the song that was on. So End of the Road was number one for like an entire summer. Just like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Just like Arrested Development. So I remember staying up listening to the whole countdown. Even though the first eight songs of the nine or the first four songs of the five. Whatever it was waiting for those just to get to end of the road so I could hit record on my tape deck on my stereo boombox so I could have that song. So I ended up having like a tape of recorded songs from the radio. But I wasn't great at it, so there's always like little cutoffs of the DJs talking in between songs, which sucked. Uh, but that I remember those actually making the playlist and the waves in Billings um, as we're going through. If you go to uh, 25, I like the way Kissing Game by High Five phenomenal album i got it on my birthday and i also got a, a walkman on the same day i don't know i must have been 11 maybe 12 when i got it and i remember just sitting on the couch downstairs with my brand new walkman and a little uh, like fuzzy poofy headphones listening to the high five album on repeat just by myself downstairs and if you listen to high five the like high five's talking about relationships with girls and i'm just sitting in the basement solo nobody around it kind of explains a lot about me back in the day, but I that that's what that memory brings up for me. Uh, if you jump down a little bit, uh, get into high school age, seventeen, regulate, you know, regulators mount up, Warren G and Nate Dog. This is funny because as big of a Tupac fan as I am, I don't think I saw. Well, of course I didn't see Above the Rim in the theater because it was in Billings, Montana. They're not bringing Above the Rim there. Like they didn't bring Do the Right Thing to Billings. They didn't bring any of these um, different culturally relevant movies at the time. Didn't make it to Montana, so I didn't see above the rim but we bought the soundtrack immediately and of course then everyone's rocking regulators and this is in nick carpenter who you guys would have heard on the podcast talking about the burn it down episode he was our ride everywhere myself listen up co-host david gunn kane jason sides any of us nick could drive before anybody um, he was working double shifts at Taco Bell, had money for the locked out spectrum, and would pick us up, and he had, you know, 10s or 15s in the back bumping bass, and when we could get him to not have the damn bass CD on, he was obviously going to play Regulators, and so we were just driving around on repeat to Regulators, I remember that vividly, that song, I don't even know if we saw the video yet, we just rocked a song from the soundtrack of that, um, 15 is the first appearance you'll see of Tupac. Not that I wasn't already a huge Tupac fan, but Dear Mama was like the first mainstream rap song that I remember the radio playing over and over. And we were like dumbfounded by it. It might have even been we were, David was picking me up in his Turismo. If you remember what a Turismo is, my goodness. But he had a Turismo, it was like his first car. Picked me up and it was on the radio and we were both shocked that it made it. Because even if you think of those ones I first mentioned, Mr. Wendell, Summertime, and End of the Road by Boys to Men, that's not gangster rap back in the mid-90s. Montana still wasn't playing it, but Tupac, Dear Mama, made it on there. Um, and I remember that being a huge deal for us. I mean, I had that album. I had the Me Against the World album on cassette, for goodness gracious. I, mean, I might have had a lot of these on cassette. I don't know if any of them. I even had D, uh, discs or CDs yet. Um, but that was a big deal. Number 13 is like college age when you look at it. Uh, that's another Tupac song from his Are You Still Down album. This is after he died. So this is the Fuck All Y'all song. And at the risk of getting us all in trouble, well, I don't know if we can. We're all damn near 40, so our parents can't really get mad at us. But we got back from college. Our first year, we all went off to college, different places, came back, found ourselves in Nick's, new, Nick's car, 
Nick, myself, and David. I think we went to see Schwab, Mike Schwab, if you heard him from the Hometown Heroes segment from Colin McBoy Marketing. We went to see his team play softball. Um, whole nother podcast, the, the Roosters. Um, was a softball team of a lot of our high school friends. So we were all back from college. It's early, it's late spring, early summer. It's our first college back, so we all think we're super awesome. You know, I got an earring suddenly. I got a beard suddenly. We all think we're all grown up out of nowhere. Um, and we go to the, I don't remember what the softball field's called, Stewart Park maybe. We watch the game. Then we're all like, what the hell are we going to do? We don't know. So Nick magically produces, you know, a bottle of Yukon Jack. And we put on this album. And by the time we, we just sat in the parking lot. I'm almost positive we sat in the parking lot like a bunch of losers. And every time, and fuck all y'all, there's a point in there. Uh, there's a lyric in the song from Tupac. And every time that came up, we all had to take a shot of this. And we re- hit replay a number of times. And let's just say the night went sideways quickly, but it was a hell of a time. And every time that song comes on, it makes me think of that, but I also have never had a taste of Yukon Jack since for that very reason, because it got really weird and really sideways quickly. Um, if you look down there, a really weird one listed in college age, I know uh, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. And any of my Willamette buddies, Willamette teammates know, I don't know how it happened, but that song became like an anthem for our team so during the year it might have been a road trip it might have been hep started singing this song out loud on a road trip and we all were like that's ridiculous but let's join in and from that point on for like a decade at everybody from our team's weddings uh, or any like social get-togethers we had to play this song and we mosh pitted to it i want it that way i know insane now me i might have been the only real closet backstreet boys fan out of the whole group uh but the rest of these guys if that song came on hep's wedding bj's wedding my wedding carmichael's wedding um if that song came on we were jumping out into a mosh pit singing it together obnoxiously loud uh and really getting crazy with everybody in attendance and you know families of the brides relatives that didn't quite know this side of us were what what are they doing it's not like we were doing this to Onyx Slam. We were doing it to Backstreet Boys. I want it that way, uh, which <laughs> makes me think of some of those right now and some of the pictures from that. The intensity in the veins popping out of some some of our heads during this time was some was, it was a spectacle, something to behold. Uh, another one on there, number eleven, the Rough Riders anthem, DMX and the Rough Riders. I, obviously, I, iconic rap song. But we had a teammate. We were on a road trip. And this is back at Willamette when we're taking vans. Like, say we go play Seattle University, we're taking a we're taking two vans. So it depend, you know, it was a big rush to get in whatever van. You couldn't be in Gordy, our head coach's van, because he wouldn't play any music for you. You just have to be serious and think about the game. You know, we want to play music. So I remember we got in here. This song comes on, and one of our teammates knows. And this is a this is an exceptionally stereotypical what we all assume. We didn't know him very well. White teammate. He starts word for word rapping Rough Riders Anthem. Like he's on beat, he's on rhythm with DMX in this, and he's got the anger snarl in his voice. And at first we were all just shocked. And then, I mean, I, I don't know if it was laughter or just pure disbelief that he could do this, but we played it three or four times for him, and that song forever has been his song now uh, as we go through it. Number 10 on here as we move out of college age into pre kids, married, and parenting age. You move me, Garth Brooks, and my wife's listening to this. 
this is our song. She will tell you that it's not, that was a, I've fought tooth and nail that this is the original song that we said was our song. And I'm not even a huge, I mean, I turned into a huge Garth Brooks guy for two reasons. Kelly loves him. And Schwab took me to a Garth Brooks concert in Billings in college. Like we were back from the summer and I had to go and I got, I got converted into a Garth Brooks. I respect Garth Brooks. Um, but this is the song. Kelly will tell you it's later on, Angel of Mine, Monica, which I like too. But You Move Me was the original song of our relationship. Um, if you jump down there to number six, this is another road trip reminder song. Myself, Todd Lewis, uh, Jason Searle, Carmichael, we got in a minivan. I mean, BJ might have been on this trip too. We drove to Hep's wedding in the Bay Area from Oregon. And somehow, some way, when we decided, like somebody was driving sober, but the rest of us had to partake in beverages, the fray over my head cable car was the song we played and sang and drank to makes no sense right but that's what comes in my head and what my memories are um the last group here if you go parenting age that first one on there see me shine bone thugs and harmony you ask yourself kid what, what are you doing what's what's that about i said oh, that's the first song i got my oldest lincoln he might have been four or three or four and i got him addicted to this song had him convinced that he had to have a favorite bone thugs member his favorite member was wish all the time mine was crazy mom's was, he knew everyone in the family Myself, my wife, my wife's sister, Lisa, Uncle Kane, we all had to have a favorite Bone Thugs person um, because this song had all of them rapping. This even had Flesh because he was out of prison by the time this song came out. So we listened to this song. We put him to bed to this song. We had to listen to it three, four times a day in the car, which I was fine with. Um, but when I played for him now, he's like, Dad, what, what, what is this? I was like, no, dude, this is the part you liked. He has no recollection. I do. I have physical evidence as well to show him. But uh, number four on there, Monster by Eminem. Not that my kids didn't necessarily love this song, but I did. But it was also the first time you're driving in the car, and Leah, Leah was with us then. I think Xavier might have been a baby. But you got all three kids of your, in your car, and I remember vividly thinking, wait a minute, should I be playing Eminem unfiltered to my kids? Am I a good dad? I love the song. Um... They got to, I mean, I'm not trying to shelter them, but at the same time, I, we had this discussion like, hey, wait a minute, bud, should you play that? At least you could do is get the edited version, Dad of the Year. Uh, so that's why Eminem's on there. Um, number three, you see Best Song Ever, One Direction, that kind of revived Kip's uh, boy band hysteria. Uh, but my kids loved that, loved 1D as well at the time. This is back when Kelly and I still had unlimited data. So it was an older plan. So I was driving them to three different schools at the time, Lincoln, Leah, and Xavi. And they all wanted different One Direction songs, but they were all on video on YouTube. So I could stream it and get them all to be quiet for a, you know a good 25 minutes of this circuit of driving I'm doing. And then Kelly upgraded her phone and we lost the unlimited plan. I was unaware. I yeah, we lost data. We were out of data quickly cuz dad was I was streaming the one direction playlist on YouTube just to get the kids to be quiet and survive my drives every morning. So we were out of data within 4 days. Uh we had to uh, shut that down a little bit. Uh and the last one on there for our 40s 40 time machine songs is The Old Town Road, Lil Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. I don't love that song, but that is a like a kid addiction as a group. 
in the most recent addiction like they've cycled through uh, Xavier especially has cycled through songs that have to be played multiple times anytime they sit in the car uh, so that's his most recent one that the, everybody started off liking it now everyone's sick of it except Xavier he still wants to rock it in his playlist of things church clap by KB and Lecrae is on that list a new Andy Grammer song is on that list uh, so it's like having one of the old disc changers where you already had a playlist queued in like seven to six to two to five that's where we're at and Old Town Road is on there. So that's the list, you know, that's the time machine journey that my list of 40 through number one songs has. It is not, like I said, don't come at me with, Kip, those songs are not all-time classics or that song isn't. I know that, but these are the songs that instantly take me somewhere uh, and were worth telling a story about on the pod. So as always, enjoyed this audio version. Go check out the Medium article that has the lift itself. Hopefully it can generate some lists for you and yours uh, at your house. And uh, you got texts or messages, don't forget to hit me on, you know, you can hit me personally or hit our Twitter uh, at Cross the Streams, our Facebook, our Instagram, CTS Podcast. Uh, love to start, and we'll have another 40 series coming up this week. We also have a Listen Up segment with David Gunn and Kane coming on together. Uh, also got an interview coming up with a with a. It'll be a cool story about a backyard three-on-three tournament that turned kind of turned into an Oregon institution. We've, I've got that interview next week with some people that are involved there, and we'll get that posted up. Season three keeps rolling along. Glad you're with us. Content reminder, the opinions expressed on the Cross the Streams podcast are those of the host and the guests alone and do not reflect the opinions of the institutions, universities, or businesses that employ the hosts or the guests. Shine. I'm just keeping my shine